If you're loving the work podcast and want to support future episodes, become a loyal Patreon today. You get behind the scene photos, first look at videos, extra pod content, including the game and fan questions, plus exclusive merch too. Become a Patreon today. Hi guys, and welcome back to work. I'm your hostess, Trinity the Tuck, and today our very special guest is Courtney Act. On this episode, we talk to her about her new album, Drag Race, and so much more. Hi guys, welcome back to work. I'm your hostess, Trinity the Tuck, and today my very special guest is Courtney Act. Hi. Yay. Hi, how are you? I'm so good. I'm so excited to have you as my guest. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm calling you all the way from London town. I, I can't keep up with you because you're like, you literally travel all the, well, not right now, but you, you're literally all over the world. So I'm, I'm, I'm confused. I thought you were in lived in LA and then Australia and then and now you're in London how long have you lived back in London uh well I I just got back here about three weeks ago I spent most of quarantine in Los Angeles uh but I was in Australia like from December through to like after Mardi Gras in Sydney which was like March yeah and then I knew quarantine was coming obviously and I was like "Mm." I feel like LA is a nice place to quarantine, like good weather, lots of open space. Um, And so I I went there, but I eventually had to come back to London, which is where I live. I love London. London is one of my favorite places on earth. Um, Had had you lived there prior to Drag Race? 
No, I moved here about two years ago. So before Drag Race, I moved to LA in 2010 and then Drag Race was 2013. And then I moved here just after Big Brother, which was like 2000 and I don't know, two years ago. Um, but I, people like either love London or hate London, I find. And I hated it for the longest time until I was here where they had that, like, they have that one good week of weather per year. And then you kind of fall in love with it. Well, I I don't understand why anybody would just not like London. I mean, I get like it's kind of drab as far as the weather sometimes, but I just love the history. I'm a huge history buff of, mm-hmm. of like loving things that are really old and, you know, America's so boring because it's so new. Um, mm-hmm. But like... When, well, honey, Australia's even newer. <laughs> it, what, okay, so you are very smart. So when was Australia like officially founded by like the new, like the the people that came over? Uh, we had our bicentenary, a 200 was 18, 1988, but it was before that. I think it was like nine, 18, 17, I think it was like sometime in the 1700s. We're like 250 years old. Okay. So it's almost around the same time as, as the U S but that's still really new. Like that's still really no, new. Weren't you guys like 17, 76 or something oh girl don't ask me I, I i just claimed i liked history but i don't remember that <laughs> i only know that because my the old my old uh building code to like get into my building in west hollywood was pound one seven one six seventeen six six no you know what oh no sixteen nineteen was when the first slave ships came to the u.s sixteen ninety two ninety two hold on wait when I'm going to Google it. When was okay, the USA founded? 1776. July 4th, 1776. Well, that's when it was founded, but it, I think there was people there even before that, like preparing it for founding. But yeah, 1776, that it. was the code. They so, were they were here douching America. They, exactly. <laughs> okay, so let me Google that. When was the U.S. douched? Um, uh, when... <laughs> well, because I know that I was listening to a podcast called 1619. A slave ship of more than 20 enslaved Africans arrived in the English colony of Virginia. So that's when... 1620. November 11th, 1620. The Mayflower arrived in New England um, after a voyage of 66 days. Girl, we are giving these people a history lesson. (laughs) Right. And Australia was 1788. That was when we were founded, but people arrived same before that. Okay. Yeah. And wasn't I like that you worded the question when did the pe- when the people arrived? Because obviously, you know, the, the Aboriginal people were on the Australian land for some sixty thousand years before white men arrived. Right. No, yeah, of course there's you know, obviously native people in every land before white people came along. But well um Australia was like the, the new wave of people, not the uh, a- a- Aborigines they they were people sent there because they were bad people right they were yeah well there was um they had so they came to australia and they're like this is this wonderful new land and then they sent slave uh sorry slave they sent convict ships to australia so people who had been arrested in the uk the jails were overflowing and they sent them to sort of start this new country but i think it was like like a few hundred. Oh, actually, you know what? How? Look at us. We're just Googling and podcasting. <laughs> yes, I love this. 
how many convicts went to Australia? <laughs> I love asking Google really like weird and vague questions. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that was, oh, was 150,000. That is a lot. 150. Oh, my gosh. So you are literally a descendant of uh, a bad person. <laughs> well, I'm not because my mom was born in Denmark and my dad was born in Germany. Oh, um, wow. I think, okay. I think if we're lucky, we're all descendant of bad people. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> people are just bad in general. But well, um, <laughs> so how are you doing uh, during this quarantine? Like, this is so crazy, right? It's all over the world. It's so crazy. I mean, I can't complain. I've got a house. I've got my health. I've got a means to support myself. But I, um, and so I've just been trying to make the most of it. I mean, you know what it's like with our traveling showgirl lifestyles. It's kind of nice to be forced to stop and to not travel and to just be at home. Although I must say, like, it goes through phases where you're like, I love, I love the isolation. And then I'm like, can we go back to work now? Yeah. That's where I'm at. I, I mean, I yeah, I love to be at You've been home. keeping busy, though. I mean, I because if I don't stay busy, I'm going to go crazy. Like, literally, even with all the stuff that I have going on, I'm going crazy. Because I, um, Leo and I love traveling. But out of the two of us, I'm more of a homebody. I, like, I love my, my home time. And he mm-hmm. loves to be busy on the road, constantly working. I... Mm-hmm. And even though I'm a homebody, I'm going crazy. Like this is, it's mm-hmm. too much of a vacation, too much of alone time at home. Like I miss people. I miss performing in front of an audience. I miss the interaction of like being able to see um, like people. <laughs> it's just, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. You've been, I, I look at your Instagram and I'm just amazed at how, consistent and how like you must it I love that this era has shown the internet and the world like different sides of people like obviously I always knew you were talented but I just love thinking about you and Leo at home like whipping up all these costumes and these hairstyles and doing photo shoots and it's just I don't know I get a real kick out of it (laughs) yeah it's it's funny because like um with doing with with me doing drag, not even just me, but like everybody comes from different walks of life and like different places of drag. Like your you, like your style of drag and where you come from in Australia is just different than Southern style drag from like the middle of nowhere, Alabama. You know, totally. So where I'm from, you had to, what I'm doing now is stuff that I learned when I first started drag because there was no resources there. So if I wanted costumes, if I wanted to do wigs and photo shoots and so I had to do that all my own then. So it's kind of just implementing stuff that I learned a long time ago, but but just having better resources and doing it better now. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, we've turned our garage into like a studio. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. Does all the drag stay out there or is it all over the house? No. Okay. So we have, we bought a house actually this month is a year. Um, it's a five bedroom house and one of the rooms is a drag closet mm-hmm. and our two bed or our two car garage has turned into a photo studio slash performance area. Um, and because th- we have to, there's no room. 
and yeah. you know we're not we don't have like a professional studio so um leo has amazingly learned how to do photography on his own <laughs> um excellent and we bought equipment and you know it i will say i'm very very fortunate to have a partner who is so technically savvy and also so creative he's girl he literally is like the driving force of everything right now. So I'm I'm like blown away. Cause I think I would be lost without him right now. So um, yeah. everybody say, aww. <laughs> it's so cute. Why but are we talking about me? That the both of you love it. We're, we're talking about me. We need to be talking about you. This is, this is sorry, a bonus for you. <laughs> um, so you started drag in Australia, right? Yeah, in the year 2000. In 2000. Okay, so you're three yeah. year, you're, Courtney is three years older than Trinity. But there are parts of Trinity that are a lot younger than me. <laughs> that is so true. That is very <laughs> true. Um, but uh, you've probably had a couple of things done. Don't lie about it. Nothing here. I'm all natural. Yeah, all natural. Just a lot of vegan, good living, good, clean living, except um, for those few years in the early days. They were definitely not clean living. <laughs> well, um, you, so you're living in London now and you're from Australia. Yeah. Now, how long did you live in L.A.? I lived there for 10 years from like 2010 to, no, wait, that's not right. That would be now. From 2010, I guess I lived there for eight years to 2018. Oh, wow. But you know the thing, so you're in, you're in Orlando? In Orlando, yes. And in London, the um, the amount of square footage per living space is much, much smaller. So I've got a two-bedroom place. I've got a drag room and a bedroom. But um, yesterday I was shooting a music video for uh, a new song of mine called One Tonight. And I was like, okay, coronavirus. I wanted a full-length full take of the video as well. So I bought like a nine-foot backdrop off amazon and uh set it up in my living room and was just doing like in drag all day i've actually got um like what do you call that like a graze around my midsection because i had my corset on my new corset which i hadn't worn before which was so tight that i kind of like took it off and had like a a lovely bloody scab under oh my no then, from being in drag all <laughs> my, day from being in drag all day just at home though yeah on my head my head, I wore this giant ponytail that I wore for Mardi Gras and I have to pin it in so hard, even just being at home. And like every part of my, I felt like I had a real good, I feel like I had an ab workout today. I'm like, oh, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, that's right. You were wearing that corset like all day long. Yeah. So speaking of that, let's, let's, uh, that was going to be one of my questions. You have music coming out and yeah, today. Um, today you have music. So th when these listeners, today was. Yeah. So the <laughs> listeners that are listening to this, you already have music out. And yeah. um, so tell us about the music. Is it, is it a single? Is it a whole album? What's going on? Well, it's three, it's three songs, um, but there is a whole album that I wrote last year. And it's from my live show, which is called Fluid, which I did in Sydney. And then I was meant to tour it like so many of us, but uh, Miss Rona said no. But We've just announced the tour around the UK and Europe in April 2021, which seems like a very long way away, but we have to start planning for the future. Yeah, for sure. Um, but all the music in the show is original. So I wrote it all and uh, perform it in the show with a live band. And um, 
and I've, I've, it's been sitting there and I was like, I'm going to release a few of the songs. So there's three tracks, one tonight, heteroflexible and fluid, uh, that I put out on, you know, Spotify and Apple music and Google play. And people get mad when you just say Spotify or Apple, they're like, you know, there's Google play as well. And there's Amazon music. And when you upload it to the store, there's like 50 music stores. I'm like, where, who are all of these stores? Yeah, like I've never heard of any of those. All I ever do is I like iTunes or mostly on Spotify. Yeah, same. Um, but yeah, they're pop songs. They're, one of them is like a power ballad and one of them is more of a pop, pop banger song. And then Fluid is the title track from the show. And I really, I think One Tonight is my favorite song that I've ever written or recorded and uh, I wrote it a few years ago when I was in LA and it was one of my submissions for Eurovision. Do you know what Eurovision is? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, didn't they just make a movie about that on Netflix? They did, yeah. Um, so I was in Eurovision Australia Decides, which was like the Australian national selections l- two years ago. And uh, Australia decided and it wasn't me, but that's fine. Um, and so I wrote a couple of songs for it and it was one of the songs that didn't get picked. And I... At the time, the song wasn't like, didn't quite get there. And then I um, I, I saw this clip of Kylie Minogue performing on her Fever tour with this like key change and flower petals falling from the ceiling. It was a whole moment. And I was like, this is what needs to happen to this song. Um, and so I sent it to the producer. And yeah, now I think it's one of my favorite songs I've, I've written or recorded, which is fun. I look forward. I'm, I really want to get out of the house and perform it live. But you know, this is the next best thing. Well, I'm excited to hear your music that um, I had posted on Twitter, like to ask for fans what questions they wanted to ask you and new music was the number one question. Um, pe- oh, people were cool. really excited to hear and the, they didn't know you were releasing an album. So they're really excited about it. Um, you Yay. you having new music. So I'm sure this is going to be amazing. And I love the fact that um, Kylie Minogue, she, you said she's one of your inspirations for Totes. that song. Leah, that's Leo's number one artist. And I, I knew I liked you, Leo. I love, 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 love her music. Um, has she always been like an influence for you for, for your music? Um, I mean, I guess so. I love, like grew up, I love, I grew up loving like Kylie and Madonna. Kylie, it's funny because I know in the US, like you wouldn't say Kylie and Madonna in the same sentence necessarily, but in Australia and Europe, Kylie and Madonna were said together like all through the the 90s and, and early 2000s as kind of like two names that naturally went in a sentence together, which is just funny when you move, when I moved to America and people are like, Kylie, Kylie. And, I, and they're like, the girl that sang the La 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 song. And I'm like, yeah. Yes, she's done a lot more than that, but yes. Uh, but I loved Kylie, I loved Madonna, I love the Spice Girls. Um, I mean, all sorts of, like, Donna Summer. I I love, Donna Summer's Live and More album is my Getting Ready and Drag album. And if I, like, especially if I'm running a little bit late, I put it on, it's got that good disco beat that just gets you together. Was Enough and, Enough, and, is Enough on that album? Uh, no, it's not actually. It's got, it's got, uh, on the radio is not on there either. Come to think of it. Um, it's got MacArthur Park. It's got last dance. And then the last song on the album is the 17 and a half minute version of MacArthur Park. Oh my gosh. Is epic. <laughs> that is super long for a song. Um, is that like, is there like a record for like the longest actual song released? 
I don't know, but I reckon that must be up there. I'm going to have to Google that. I'm not going to do do it right now, but uh, (laughs) we're not going to make this a podcast about Googling. Well, um, (laughs) so you are literally the reality queen. Literally. (laughs) I really am now. From Drag Race, you're like, you have competed on so many drag, uh, so many reality competitions, like obviously like American, or not American, Australian Idol, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, Celebrity Big Brother, which is what you won. I did Dancing with the Stars in Australia. And I did another one on MTV, which was before Big Brother called uh, Single AF. I did Celebrity Come Dine With Me last Christmas in the UK. Uh, I hosted a show on the E! Channel called The By Life, which was a reality show. I wasn't on it, so it doesn't quite count, but I feel like it. I just, I love, I remember when I went on Drag Race, I was like, oh my God, can I go on a second reality show? Like after doing Australian Idol, is that weird if I go on another reality show? Girl, now I'm like seven deep. I'm like, no, keep good. going. I mean, girl, <laughs> like you're literally like the most famous girl. I mean, like <laughs> literally. Um, I think that's so cool. I would love to do more stuff. Um I actually had um, a company, I don't want to say who it's for because I don't know if it's still in the works because they haven't hit me up about it anymore, but um, there was a plastic surgery show uh, on a major Mm -hmm. network that was interested in having me for a judge for a a reality style plastic surgery show, and um, it seemed super fun, and I'm going to be so disappointed if it doesn't actually happen, but uh, we'll see. That would be fierce. Yes. Um, the reality judge is so like top shelf as well. It's like I'm not a contestant anymore. I'm a judge on reality. <laughs> yeah, like look at um um Brooklyn Heights. Yeah, fierce, right? Have you watched Canada's Drag Race? I watched it last night. We'll get into that. Did you watch it? Oh, I watched. I'm halfway through, and then I had an interview pop up, so I didn't finish it yet. Okay, well, we'll we'll talk about Drag Race stuff in later on in the thing. Um, okay, I want to uh, ask you. Um, I know, like, I remember seeing this video that went viral. It was something to do with Celebrity Big Brother where you had a costume malfunction and your tuck was exposed. Oh, yeah. oh <laughs> yeah. my God. The photo is hilarious because you're, like, <laughs> almost on your ass and, like, your skirt is gone and you have, like, this meaty-looking tuck. Now, I, I'm sure you're actually really good at tucking, but, like... I don't know if it was the angle, but it looked really meaty. Like, what was going on there? <laughs> uh, it's funny because it was actually such a flawless tuck that day. And I think it was, like, the angle because I was, like, crouched a bit. And, yeah, I. it's funny because, like, half the world thinks that that's a brilliant tuck, but then the other half of the world knows that it's a meaty tuck. So... Well, I mean, I had no excuse. They, half the world thinks that Courtney Act is very hung, and maybe she is. <laughs> maybe they are because that you you are you go by that pronoun right that they and them no i go by he she or or whatever okay i i'm the same way I, i'm i, I identify yeah. as as male but i i will go by whatever you you can call me anything as long as you're calling me exactly uh, i think that like people from our dare i say generational era we're pretty flexy with like our pronouns it's just we know when you're we know when you're saying it to be rude. And right. That's when it's not cool. See, and that's I a, had a driver. Sorry, you go. No, no, no. You go ahead. I was going to say, I had a driver pick me up one morning in London. Like I was dressed to the nines, looking like 
looking very like morning television realness. And he was like, morning, sir. And I was just like, fuck you. Like, I, there is nothing about me right now that is a sir. And no. you know that. And it's also like England. So you, you expect them to be extremely polite anyway. And you expect like this to bear, I don't know. It was one of those things that like so fascinating how it like actually ruined my morning, just that one little thing. And I'm like, gosh, imagine what trans women go through on a daily basis, having be be confronted with that sort of, you know, constant just microaggressions. I mean, just these little things throughout the day, looks and comments. And I'm just like, oh, gosh, girls, like power to you. Yeah, that that is very unfortunate with with our our trans brothers and sisters. I... I've learned to because I I don't really get offended by that because I I am I am a dude in a wig I, I yeah. know I know I specifically my person am a dude in a wig and so when when someone is trying to be hateful like that yeah. I just I just I just own it and then you just have to give it back to you know you, you I I talk in a really deep voice and I'm you know I'm I own it I take that power back away from them um, yeah from from trying to be an asshole because people are assholes sometimes. Um, yeah, they are. And, and but the th- thing is, this guy was like being so subtly an asshole. Like he was being polite, but saying, sir. And actually there was another time Jody Harsh and Monroe Bergdorf and I were in a car. Jody and I were in the back and Monroe was in the front and he kept sort of turning around and saying, okay, gents or something like that to Jody and I. And to be fair, Jody had lost her voice and did have quite a manly voice at, uh, at that. And I was like, oh, would you please be able to refer to us as ladies? And he was like, sure, gents. Or something oh, my like gosh. That. We were just like, just like, it was just one of those weird moments where it, it didn't, it wasn't actually any skin off our noses, but it was just the, the, oh, there's a word that a teacher would use in high school. What was it? In, insolence? Mm. I'm going to say insolence. That was just like palpable. And I was just like. Just stop being a prick. Just, just be a nice person. Anyway. Yeah, I, I, I understand. Like, if people aren't versed in, like, you know, what what's appropriate as far as pronouns. It, but like you said, yeah. like you said, I do think intent is a huge thing, and totally. um, how you intend to make someone feel is is the issue. If you if you don't intend to make someone uh, offended then, you know, it's a teachable moment. You can have a conversation with somebody and correct them without being rude. But if somebody is intending to be offensive, then, you know, that's when you just got to be a bitch. You just got to let them know. Yeah. And um, yeah, because that's not okay. It's not okay to to be rude. And I also think like it's for us, it's easier because we're not living, you know, every day like that. But you know that and not to compare our plights to trans women by any means. But I know that, you know, I can be perceived by people as being trans adjacent if you will and so I guess I sometimes see just a few of those microaggressions and things and I just think like yeah wow like my friend Penny who's you know six foot four glamazon trans woman who lives in the suburbs and has a has a normal sort of life I think you know she she's got to just deal with like that constant constant you know everything every day everywhere she goes but like you say intent is one thing if somebody's like they're just misunderstanding through their own 
you know, appearances that they're yeah. trying to do good, uh-huh. then you're like, okay, I can see you're not trying to be an asshole right now. But yeah, it's, it's, and that's, you know what? It's the rare occasion as well. I find pretty people pretty, pretty pleasant and delightful most of the time, which is nice. Yeah. I, what I, what I'm loving is that there are a lot more representation of LGBTQ plus on TV educating, like specifically like a great example would be you on Big Brother where you were so mm. great and gracious and, um, uh, smart and eloquent and you educated everyone there and, and not even just there, like around the world, the people that watched it, um, you were so great about how you spoke. And, um, even when people were, uh, being offensive, you, you were still really gracious about how you talk to people, um, which we need more of that. We need, you know, we need, and I, I feel like there is starting to get people, uh, uh, TV shows and, and uh, networks are starting to give more people platforms to be able to use their voices in a positive way like that. Yeah, totally. I And I think it's important because for so long, I mean, reality television was very conflict-based and television, I think the world has become so polarised and conflicted that television's now like, okay, I think we need to we need to ease up on this conflict and give people some nice feel-good television because shit's hitting the fan on the outside. But I always think, I always my thing is I always think, how can I be effective in these different situations? Because being right is often really easy, like especially in the Big Brother house. I was with a 70-year-old politician who in 23 years of parliament voted against every single piece of pro-LGBT legislation that ever came before her and it would be very easy to sort of wag my finger and be like, no, you're wrong. Like you're being rude or homophobic or disrespectful. And, and instead I just had conversations with her and tried to, you know, explain my side of the story and listen to her side of the story. And I think people really appreciated that. Um, Do you think that she ever, she changed her um, stance on some things? No, because she was in parliament for 23 years. Like if, if you've done this like as a career, and that was the interesting thing, right? She, for example, she voted, uh, she voted against the equalization of the age of consent for same-sex people. So it was sixteen for heterosexual people, but eighteen for same-sex people. Mm-hmm. And she was like, she she positioned it like she was somehow defending the rights of same-sex people. She was like, well, I think that the age of consent is too low for heterosexual people. So I was actually trying to, and I'm like, Mary, how many times were you in that parliament, you know, advocating to raise the age of consent for heterosexual people? You weren't. You were only voting to lower the age of consent for same-sex people. Yeah. Uh, to, to, so it's, it's kind of like that hypocrisy where um, she's, she's, she had her opinions and, uh, and I knew that I wasn't going to change them. So I thought it was better to just have conversations with her that other people would be able to listen to and make their own decision and she lost and you won (laughs) exactly (laughs) it did come down to me and her though sitting on the couch at the very end and it was just like oh shit but (laughs) but that was it that made a huge that made a huge statement to the world though like you know it 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 made a huge statement that um the the liberal or the more open-minded person yeah. and won and the the more yeah. conservative person lost because 
in this day and age, you cannot push your views on other people. It's okay if you want to be conservative, but, you know, don't push that on everybody, you know? Well, yeah, your, your right to swing your fists in the air ends where my nose begins. Yeah. There's always a good little analogy. It's like you, you, people are entitled to have their own views, but when your views start telling me how I have to live my life and, and such, then that's where, you know, that's where the, the free speech in America ends kind of thing. Exactly. Well, speaking of reality TV, um, there are so many spinoffs of Drag Race happening right now. They're, like they, they had Drag Race UK. They just premiered. Drag Race Thailand. Yeah. Uh, uh Canada, there's talks of so many more that are popping up, and I've heard, and I don't know if this is 100%, but I heard Australia is possibly getting one. Would you ever consider hosting it? I mean, I love Drag Race. I, It's interesting because it was over a year ago, it popped up in the news in Australia about Drag Race, and um, ITV Australia were the people who were meant to be producing it, and I heard just through the you know, the gay TV rumor mill in Australia that they had the production company had pitched it out to the networks, but none of the networks had bought it. And so that was over a year ago. And usually when you buy the license for something like that, it lasts for six months or 12 months. So I would say that it has lapsed and that it's not happening, Mm. but which is kind of sad because I would love to see Drag Race Australia. And it's not to say that it couldn't happen again. And perhaps with Drag Race Canada, the thing that I kind of got excited about, because it's on the BBC, it's on BBC Three here in the UK, which is the same channel that Drag Race UK was on. Um, and so I thought maybe if Australian networks see that like other networks around the world will buy their Drag Race, it will make it more worth their while. Um, because I think it's a money thing. There's only 23 million people in all of Australia. There's more people in Florida than there are in all of Australia. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. So, You're full of fun yeah. facts. <laughs> I'm full of flum, flun, flun flax. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, that's the same amount. There's 21 point, 21, 21 and a half million people in Florida. And there's like 23 million people in Australia. Wow. Well, if, um, if they ever did, you would consider it. Girl, I'm there. I mean, it's such a fun show and there's so much amazing drag talent in Australia that I would just love the world to see that I would I would love to be a part of it. But, you know, Heidi Klum uh, did a spin-off. Well, not a spin-off. Heidi Klum did her own version in Germany. Apparently she wanted to do uh, Drag Race Germany but couldn't come to a deal with World of Wonder. And so she did her own version, which was called Queen of Drags with Conchita Wurst as one of the hosts and Heidi as one of the hosts and another person who I can't remember their name. Um, And so she had her own version. So I was like, okay, well, if they can't make Australian drag race fly, then some some drag, some reality TV drag celebration because there's so many amazing drag queens in Australia. I I want the world to see. Well, it sounds like you need to uh, start getting uh, the the things in motion. Make some phone calls. Yeah, because you know everybody. Um, Exactly. I want to move into one of my first actual topics today. And um, it's called Hot Topics. Mmm. Hot Topics. Ugh. (laughs) <laughs> um, 
so obviously you're you're very well versed and connected with with social media and people. Have you been seeing all this drama lately with like these makeup influencers? Oh girl. Um I watched uh like I feel like I've missed chunks of it, but I have I know that there's you know what's interesting is that our drag race bubble is like is like a whole world, a whole microcosm yeah. that we all you know, we, we hear gossip, even if we don't all talk, like if there's someone says something dumb, you know, you know that there's group text messages of drag race girls yeah. all around the, the country that everyone's like, girl, did you hear what she said? Um, that was Bianca's voice. <laughs> <laughs> girl. Um, and it's funny because there's this other like beauty YouTuber community who it's a whole other microcosm that is just like a whole world of people and there's all of these players who are embroiled in it. I did watch the Tati video, but I don't know whether anything's happened since then. What do you feel about it? Is that, that's the recent Tati one, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just seems extremely messy and it seems like there are some bad actors in there somewhere and that I don't have enough information to be like, you know, being like, this person's a liar, Your Honor. Uh, but it just seems very messy. It seems very unnecessary for for a community that is about makeup and the beauty industry. They There seems to be an awful lot of getting dirty that goes on. And I don't know, part of me wonders whether some of it's intentional because it keeps the audience, like, gripped into the drama. Um but I don't know. It just seems very messy. What do you think? I mean, I agree. I think that there's more drama with eyeshadows than there is, you know, penis and panties. Like, seriously, like... You're right. It's crazy how many things happen, like, with James Charles and Tati and uh, Jeffree Star. Jeffree Star and, and Shane Dawson. Yeah, and Shane Dawson. Oh, my gosh. All this stuff with Shane Dawson. And then his reaction on live with about the Tati video, like... He, like, lost his marbles. I'm like, girl, I don't even know this, who he is until, like, all this happened. And I'm like, you just look like a deranged high school girl. Like, what, what is happening? Yeah, the whole thing is, I don't know, it's weird. And maybe it's because there's so much money involved. I don't know, because these people are making bank. Like, oh, millions. Like, millions and millions. And maybe that's why there's so much at stake, but... I don't know, like, I, I, knock on wood, I feel like the drag race community is pretty supportive of each other for the most part. Like, we're, we're not, we're not infighting or, um, yeah, we're all, we're all, we all, I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, problems. even, even if, um, even with the, with the few people that are really problematic, like, uh, Sherry Pie, for example, like, I didn't see too many rue girls just like going ham after her i mean obviously yeah. girl that's the mess she she's a mess yeah. and all that is crazy yeah. but you know she's getting hers she's she's never gonna work again you know yeah. so we don't really i mean i guess she'd be the one and she didn't quite even she didn't even make it through the front door on episode one so right was, <laughs> exactly apart from her yeah so uh, the, other than that, like there's, you know, there's uh, as of recent, there's been some some drama with with other things like 
from people's past popping up, but not, yeah. it's not been to the extent of like this makeup stuff. I'm just like, it is really crazy. Um, you do a lot of work around the world. And um, as the world is like starting to open up and um, you like navigate the pandemic, um, d like you heard how like Europe is banning Americans from coming over there, right? Yeah. What? How are you? Um, what are your plans on like traveling and stuff through through this pandemic coming up? Do you have plans? I don't have plans. I really, I'm. It's kind of got to that point now where it's gone on for so long that like at first it was like, oh, we're locked indoors. And now it's like, oh, God, we're locked indoors. And it's just, I mean, Australia, if you want to go back to Australia, since the beginning, if you wanted to enter Australia, you had to go into involuntary quarantine for two weeks mm -hmm. where you were like in a hotel. The thing is, is in the early days, they put you in a hotel and there was like police on the floor. They would bring you breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You weren't even, you weren't allowed out for exercise. You weren't allowed out. Like you were just in a hotel room for two weeks and that was it. And oh, wow. that's largely why, you know, Australia has nearly no coronavirus cases. And, um, but then like in, in Europe and in, um, and in, I mean, obviously the U S blocked Europe from entering the U S and now, <laughs> <laughs> the reverse has happened, I guess, um, from what you say. And so I think, I don't know, I have no idea. Like, how are we going to, it's a new world that we just have to work out um, once we get there. But I think for the for the next, gosh, six months at least, it's going to, we're not going to be traveling internationally. Are no, we? I, I, I think that um, we're going to have to have a vaccine before things yeah. get, get back to some kind of normalcy. And I think that this is, definitely change the way the world moves and um what you know what we do for the future hopefully in a good way where we have yeah. more plans for action for when stuff like this happens again because i heard that there's another the researchers have found another pandemic style virus in um pigs where th that that is possible to transfer over to humans that hasn't transferred over to humans yet, but is very contagious. So I'm just like, oh my you gosh. The, you know the common thread in all of these viruses? People eating animals. Well, Swine I, flu, mad cow, bird flu, yeah, <laughs> corona. You're, you're right, you're right. Leo has cut out all of red meat. He only eats poultry and fish. Um, I just can't do that. I'm, I'm doing a really good job of like mainly only eating chicken and fish. Um, but, but like love steak. Well, I love steak every once in a while. I mean, is that so bad? I mean, I shouldn't ask you cause you eat no meat. So you're going to say, <laughs> obviously you're going to say yes. <laughs> no, I mean, I think everybody's entitled to do what they want. I mean, I don't eat meat, but I get it. Like I meat tastes yummy. I remember it. I don't yeah. not eat meat because I don't like the taste. But you, um, you just love animals, and I do too. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, the whole it's interesting. This whole Corona thing, and it's just I I don't know. Do you think like people are gonna be? This is history. Like people are gonna be talking about this forever, for decades and decades. Oh yeah, and 
it'll, it'll be the time when the world changed and we just don't know what that change is. And it's amazing because there's not only is there this, you know, pandemic, but obviously there's a race revolution going on that, you know, started in Minneapolis, but the, the echoes of which have been heard all around the world. And I just hope that, I hope, I hope, yeah, it all, it, you, you just don't know right now which way it's heading, you know? It is, it is very, it, it all, everything is so up in the air. And that's the one thing is I have major anxiety. Um, and the main thing that my anxiety is triggered by is um, the not knowing the future. Like, right. like um, financially, job career wise, like security wise, like um, the future of the this country, the future of humanity, the future of humanity. <laughs> like it, it all, all of that, it gives me so much anxiety. And I mean, I know like a lot of people deal with that, but like I deal with anxiety really bad and um, mm-hmm. it just, it just makes me go crazy and um so yeah it's it's a lot of it's Should a lot we talk of... about something else oh yes yes so so we're gonna move on <laughs> out of this to something before a little Trinity bit more spirals fun. oh my god before i you know implode um <laughs> let's talk about the next topic which is drag race rundown mm-hmm. have you kept up with all stars i think i have uh who went home? Hang on. Let me tell you who went home last time I watched it. What day is it today? Oh, it's Friday. Yes. Yeah, so there's another, there's another episode today. So yeah. yeah. I'm up to date. Okay, cool. So, um, who is your favorite? What, what, what are you thinking about this cast? I mean, I'm in love with Shea Coulee, I think like the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, girl, she, she jumped from like, n- like not at a million to like 1.1 million in like two weeks work well i'm glad people are appreciating the shake She's me fierce. too me too um i was gagged uh i watched the last two episodes sort of back to back and i was gagged when shay ended up in the bottom in her neon look i wings. know right I, I was like bitch what are you watching this is brilliant yeah i thought she should have at least been safe at least yeah not not in the bottom i feel like they were just going for that storyline storyline we need to make her fallible because she's doing too well and um i agree because they you know every winner has like that arc yeah totally so so who else do i i mean i love juju and i I feel like i love mariah so that was that was sad yeah i mean i love mariah too i think uh, and i love uh, like her fashions for the episode she went home in like she like it was beautiful i don't know what they were thinking like it just it it was beautiful but um i think that she just wasn't delivering enough in the challenges compared mm-hmm. to some of the other girls uh, but i get it um yeah i think my top 2 are juju and and um shay i i'm i'm i agree with you 100% i think cracker's doing pretty good but yeah, I, I'm in love with Shay and Juju and, you know, I obviously have to root for my season nine girl, Shay. So if mm-hmm. she doesn't win, I'm going to burn the bitch down. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's see. Did we talk about Canada's Drag Race yet? No, and we're, we're going to, but I want to ask you okay, a question speak, uh, talking about All Stars. Um, that was the second most asked question is, would you ever do All Stars? If asked, do you know what? I get asked this question 
a lot. I've just been doing press interviews for my my tour in music and even like journalists ask this question. And I just, I love Drag Race. I loved being on Drag Race. The filming, the six weeks filming Drag Race was such an amazing time. And I genuinely made friends for life in Adore Bianca and Darian. And I loved it, but I just don't feel like going back there for me would be the wisest move. Uh-huh. I feel like I've I've really worked hard at coming off Drag Race and like redefining how people see me. Yeah, and and, and that and the and going back there is is a risk because you don't yeah. know how you're going to be perceived. Totally, and I think I've I've done a lot of other you know reality shows and things, and now I feel that the person that the person that at least my audience and the UK audience and the Australian audience sees is who I feel I am, you know, is more authentically me. Whereas the, the drag race, the Courtney on drag race didn't really line up with who I felt I was. Mm -hmm. And so going back there, it just feels a bit too dangerous. <laughs> yeah. I totally get it. I, I get it. Yeah. Do you feel it's just a shame? Cause it'd be so wonderful to be on it. Like I love watching it and thinking like, God, what would I do? Well, maybe they would challenge. have you as like a, um, uh, like a mentor for something. Mm, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if some of the some of the people on that panel are too fond of me, so I think that might have something to do with it as well. Like on the judges panel, yeah, like ruin Michelle. But... Oh, T. What? Why do? You, why do? You, why are they not fond of you? Uh, I don't know, but I, I, I mean, like I could give you a list of things of where it began, but I think it's one of those things that's gone on for so long now that I can't I can't really remember where it began or why, but I. I do get uh, feedback that, you know, whether it be from people or um, experiences over the years, that there is a an un an un what's the word? Yeah, that there's some there's something there. I don't an know underlining something, huh? Yeah. And you yeah. don't know. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna uh, next time I see Michelle, I'm gonna be like, why don't you like Miss Courtney, honey? Oh God! Just get ready, get ready for it. <laughs> oh gosh! Um, do you feel satisfied with your run on season six? I mean, I feel satisfied in terms of what I did. Um, I loved, you know, and it was such a different time back then. Like, just looking at what the girls turn out and bring on the runway these days. But um, I really loved all of my performances, and I loved all of my looks. Um, and so in that respect, I'm satisfied, but I guess it was more just, it was like the little things, like the, the, there was like small way, small, I would, I went back and watched season six, um, in quarantine for like in, in its full, since the first time it aired. And it was just the little things like, I don't know. I think I, I do think like my Australian, sense of humor Australians can be very direct in their communication which quite often Americans can take as being rude I think uh -huh. um, and so I can see how that quality may have been used as a story point I guess and I I don't know I just remember my time there and and you know Bianca and Adora and Darian and and everybody else who was there as well we remember just having so much fun and that there wasn't drama and that everybody was having a good time. Um, so yeah, it's kind of that thing when you watch it back and you're like, eh, 
yeah, I get someone has to win and someone gets the winner's edit and somebody doesn't. And and that was me. And now that I've been on a bunch of reality television, I also understand that. Like on Celebrity Big Brother, I look and I'm like, I see the best of me being mm. portrayed. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I won. And on Drag Race, I see the best of Bianca being portrayed. And I'm like, yeah, she won because, I mean, she was brilliant as well. Like, yeah. I think she was the worthy winner of that season. I um I always have to tell myself this um about being on the show and I tell everybody this now too is that drag race is less about a competition although it is a competition it's less about a competition and more of the fact that it is a reality tv show and people need to remember that when you're wanting to sign up you are signing up for whatever the they uh, they possibly want to do with anything you say anything you say can and will be used against you in the court of root. Okay. Totally. And that's the thing is I think I hadn't actually watched a lot of like that MTV style reality, you know, drama. I'd seen like Australian Idol and shows like that, but that's a different kind of reality. Yeah. And I think I went into Drag Race believing that they were making like a documentary of what was happening? I didn't. I genuinely didn't. You didn't understand. watch the the five seasons before yours. I mean, yeah, I watched it, <laughs> but I just thought that they were true and accurate representations of what had gone on, <laughs> kind of thing. And so, then when I watched it back, it was I felt so dumb because I because I had worked in the Australian entertainment industry, like you know, doing television and stuff before Drag Race, and so I felt like dumb that I was so naive and I didn't I didn't go into Drag Race playing any games or with any strategy I was just like I'm gonna show them that you can be calm and peaceful and not have conflict and have a good time and television doesn't have to be about drama and I was like you fucking dickhead (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh I love it but yeah I think like that's the other thing if I went back to all stars I'm like okay I know how this reality tv works now I'll give you your soundbite I'll give you your moment and, you know, focus on, focus on, you know, my looks and my performances and, and doing a great job on the, in the challenges. Yeah. Leo and I are, are watching, um, uh, America's Next Top Model from the, the beginning. Uh, so we're on like season four, I think right now. So like seeing, cause that was one of the first major, uh, reality competitions that I ever saw um, mm-hmm. that kind of, to me, kind of really inspired Drag Race, I, I think, because a lot mm-hmm. of the, the same stuff that they do, Drag Race does. I, we actually just watched an episode of um, America's Next Top Model that the song they had playing in the background is the song that they use for uh, Snatch Game now. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I was like, obviously this show has really... Um, influenced Drag Race. But um, it's cool to see how reality TV competitions, and not just competitions, but reality TV has evolved over the years from like uh, the real world all the way, you know, all the way through. But um, Mm. speaking of Drag Race and all this reality, they just started Canada's Drag Race. Um, You said you watched part of the episode. What are you thinking so far? I mean, it was kind of funny, like obviously Drag Race UK had Rue and Michelle there. So it it seemed different, but similar and familiar. And it, this seems so familiar and similar, but it's so random that like Rue and Michelle aren't there. It's weird, um, right? It's so weird. Yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, 
Um, but then I, at least you have like Rue on the, um, Rue on the, what are they called now? Um, you already done the had hoses. Yeah. Rue on the TV screens. Rue on the TV screen. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I liked it. I liked the Queens. I'm excited to watch it. It's, 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 uh, the other thing is it's like season one of a show, but it's also like, we're comparing it to season 12 of the U S version. Yeah. Um, so. I didn't get, where did I get to? I didn't get to the main challenge. I only oh, gosh. watched, I only watched the, um, the mini challenge, the photo shoot. Well, and I'm not going to um, ruin it for you, but just okay. don't get your hopes too up high. Oh no. Are they all a bunch of talentless dogs? No, 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 no. <laughs> um, I, I feel like, um, you know, obviously a sewing challenge is not always going to show everyone's talent because not everybody can sew and design. So um, you're going to get a limited view of of what each of these girls can do. I definitely don't think that this group of girls that their forte is designing because very few of them, um, in my opinion, successfully executed a look. Um, and, right. and, and to me, the strongest girl of the bunch, as far as the look, they just dubbed her as safe. And I'm like, and you'll know exactly who it is when you see the look. Okay. Um, but I absolutely love, as far as personality, I loved Jimbo. Okay. Jimbo was the the Minnie Mouse kind of. Yes. The yeah, weird yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. So weird. I I don't know. I've never seen a character like that, like from a, a, a drag queen. It's yeah. super strange, but super quirky i I just kind of liked it i don't know why it, it like i'm i'm interested to see how their drag translates to other challenges totally yeah different challenges and because that's the thing about drag race like and i think ben de la creme found that on season six was she had this character that she was playing but then sometimes the different challenges that we have to do don't allow for that you know, that character. So Jimbo will be an interesting one. Yeah. Who was your favorite I, in the walkthrough, the walk-in? Um, Priyanka is standing out. I don't know whether that's because she was first. I love uh, Priyanka. And, and then also maybe it was Tainomi. Oh, the really tall girl who is, what does she walk in with? Oh, the rhinestone bodysuit with the ponytail. Yeah. Yeah. I loved that outfit. I'm scrolling through. It's so hard to recognize them in their in their promo shots. Tony Tony looks fierce in her promo shot. She's got like a a Nefertiti, almost like a a modern sort of Nefertiti vibes going on, which is quite chic. Um, I'm trying to look on the Drag Race Canada Instagram for. Like oh, well, you're gonna get spoiled. You're gonna find out who goes home. Oh yeah, good point. Okay, I'm swiping out of that. Uh, <laughs> I think that the dynamic for the show is odd because I'm used to having Michelle and the other judges and, and specifically Rue there. Um, yeah. I love Brooklyn, and obviously this is something new for her. I, I am missing RuPaul's charisma that yeah. she has. Um, I think it's interesting how... Um the three of them are kind of like the one RuPaul. Like I'm not, I'm not mad at that, 
by any means either. I it's just of, different. Yeah, it's just very yeah. different. And and I love Brooklyn's personality. It's just a lot more subtle. Um, yeah. I like that she's very, she's a lot more warm than Rue to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I'm interested to see how it's going to turn out. And obviously, like, the further it goes along, the more the, the, the everyone's going to be used to doing it. So totally, we've um, watched like day one, right? Exactly. And the guest judge that they have, and you'll see later on in the episode, is super uh, enthusiastic and has a lot of charisma. So um, I really liked their 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 added personality to the the bunch. But it is interesting. Love the design of the main stage. Love the the workroom. Um, I think they need to work on their lighting for all the drag queens because you Girl, have to like why are them. they so why are they so cruel? I was watching that. I was like, it looks like they're they're like standing under a bunch of halogen down lights. It's just all shadows. Like drag queens need to be lit from the front, people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but I mean drag drag race, I now need to go watch All Stars and see if the the lighting has is the lighting better? The lighting is definitely better on on Drag Race US, but it's still never like, it's still always a bit shadowy on the face in the workroom, I think. Yeah, it's it's much better than it used to be. Um, yeah. But it also, it also could be better. Yeah, yeah. You got to know your light. You got to find your light when you're in that workroom in drag. Absolutely. No time to rest on your laurels. You got to like, okay, where's the light? Okay, I'm going to stand here. Uh-huh. Am I lit? Check in the mirror and action. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, I'm interested to see how this Canada Drag Race is going to end up. We'll see. I'm going to obviously cover this more in future podcasts. Um, You have been amazing. I've enjoyed talking with you. I've always enjoyed whenever I have met you. You're so gracious and kind and down to earth. Um, I wish you nothing but luck with this album. I'm going to go buy it on iTunes right now. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's been lovely to talk to you. Just, I'm laying here on my bed. I dragged, I dragged my studio mic and my little, all my technical things into my bedroom, and I'm literally just laying in my bed in my undies, chatting, chatting, chatting to you on the phone for an hour. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, I'm gonna leave you with something that my grandmother always used to tell me: if you ain't got nothing nice to say, come sit by me. <laughs> <laughs> until next nice time. To talk to you. Yes. Until next time, we'll talk to you later, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye.